Hi, you're listening to the Road to a Billion podcast. I'm your host, Stefan Georgi. Since 2011, I've sold over $700 million worth of products for both clients and my own companies. I've also founded or co-founded eight different businesses that have grossed between seven to nine figures in revenue. Today, I focus a lot of my time on teaching, training, and mentoring the next generation of freelancers and entrepreneurs. And that's why I created The Road to a Billion, a call-in radio show style podcast where I answer people's questions on mindset, business ownership, scaling funnels, copywriting, and more. If you want to submit a question, then check out the show notes to learn how, or visit me at stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe to opt into my email list. And every week, you'll get a link to join the live call-in show. And with that being said, let's go ahead and get started. Hey guys, in this episode, Stefan and co-host Ed Ray share foolproof copywriting insights on topics including how to leverage FAQs on a sales letter to address remaining skepticism and close the sale, the fishing hook strategy to engage your prospect and drive them crazy with curiosity, four subliminal hacks to get your prospect excited and ready to buy. Enjoy. Next up, we have a question from Kimmy. Kimmy asks, how do you know what FAQs to address after the sales letter? Kimmy. Kimmy Jew, what's up? Stefan, what's up? Thank you. Thank you for answering the question. Of course. Um, yeah, so I'm wondering, yeah, go ahead. like, like uh, for the FAQs, how do you know what questions to ask, like how to address their skepticism? Yeah. So typically what I'm mostly doing is I'm reminding them of the big points. I mean, the big, the big things like that. They're wondering. I, I can't address every you know piece of skepticism they have, but uh, what I'm really trying to do is, is what are the big things that they really need to know in order to buy and to feel comfortable buying, right? So um, it's kind of like reminding them of you know I use a unique mechanism of a problem and solution. So it's kind of like, and it's usually like a named thing. Like so you know what is X Y Z mechanism again, and why is this actually responsible for my problems? Um, you're causing my problems, and like kind of explaining that and you know, how does product solve it? And so, which is basically explaining the unique mechanism of the solution. So I'm kind of reminding them of those two things because that's really important. Um, you know, and like sort of, what do I get when I actually buy again? Because I want them to really feel clear about what I, you know, what I get. Um, you know, questions about like what I don't actually do, especially on the health side, I see writers come in and do FAQs that are like, um, you know, like, will this work for me? And then, And then they answer and they're like, yeah, like it's going to work instantly no matter what. And it's like, I'm not trying to make that claim. Like, I don't want to say that. Like, you know, like, I mean, if I'm, I'm only selling good products, but I don't think you need to tell them that. Like, I, you know, it's not worth it because if it doesn't work, then they're pissed off and going to get a refund from like a compliance standpoint, a regulatory standpoint. I'm not trying to sit there and say I have some like magic bullet. Um, but, uh, you know, but still like kind of answering stuff about like, uh, when will I get my package? Um, you know, what if I don't like, like, what if I change my mind or is there a guarantee? I didn't say that because I want them to think about changing their mind, but like, is there a guarantee um, how to buy? So it's really just the main basic stuff that people are asking. But then, yeah, also to what, I think it was Rachel said it because I saw Marcus doing, an, yeah, perfect. Rachel Spiel 
What's up, Rachel Spiel, by the way? Another great copywriter. Um, uh, but what Rachel said is uh, like also just take like your competitors' products and generally swipe what they're what they're doing. And one last thing you can do, super good. Not everybody does this. Is go to Amazon. We'll get your like competitors' products or similar products, and they have the FAQs there. They have the questions that people are asking, and you can see how many people found the questions and answers useful. So if you go there, you'll see what the most common questions are, are that real consumers are asking about products that are similar to yours. So Amazon's a really good place to kind of figure out things that you can then put in your FAQ as well. Got it. Thank you so much. That's super helpful. So it's about yours. like reminding them and then reminding what they'll get. And then like reminding them why this will work, like the unique mechanism. And then also looking on Amazon and seeing like the common asked questions. Yeah, 100%. That's exactly right. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for, for calling in, Kimmy. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Good question here from Chris. Chris asks, is there a limit to the number of bullets and fascinations you would use, and is there an order of importance? What's up, Chris? Hi, Stefan. Hi. Hi, guys. Hey. So, Yeah. Good question. Are you um, so you're thinking about from like a, in context of of long form sales copy or short shorter content or what kind of um, kind of type of copy are you thinking about specifically with this question? Uh, sort of long form, really. I mean, I didn't I didn't know there was like an overkill a number you'd actually use. So obviously you've got the FAQs at the end as well. So and I would assume that you are putting them in the order of priority as well. Yeah, totally. So. There's no like magic number, but for me with, with fascinations or curiosity bullets and for anybody watching or listening who doesn't know what this is in reference to. So basically when you're writing copy and you're, you're teasing people and getting them to want to either keep watching your video or keep reading or you're wanting them to buy a product and see what's inside, uh, you know, we're talking about how to write these bullet points that are really curiosity driving. So for example, if it was a self-defense offer, it might be like, in the next five minutes, I'm going to show you why the worst thing to do uh, if you have a gun to your head is to uh, reach for, is to try to strike the attacker. And it's not, that's a shitty one, honestly. Like, I, I can do better than that. I want to do better. Um, you know, like why, like you have know, survival stuff. It was like why you should never grill food during a crisis. Like just weird things like that that make uh, you kind of like people interested. So to your question, Chris, I think in like the, the lead, which if you put in the lead or the start of your sales copy, the goal there is just to have somebody want to keep engaging with the copy. And I talked about this on one of my RMBC applied, uh, the one where I broke down my Genesis offer an idea of like all of these, um, there's like, there are little extra hooks, like fishing lines and little hooks. So you have your big lead and your big idea, but if that doesn't resonate with somebody for some reason, and they're still kind of like swimming down the current of your sales letter. And then they see like a curiosity bullet about a different, with a different idea and another one, and another one, it's like you're hoping that even if they went by your big, giant, meaty hook, they're still going to see some of these little ones and nibble and then keep going. So in the lead, I like, you know, maybe two or three. There's totally overkill um, if you just do too many. Uh, and then as far as talking about the product and like, you know, inside the product, you'll discover the four magic words you can say to any woman that will have her wanting to date you, uh, you know, even if you're one-legged and smell like a hobo, like whatever, right? Um, like, yeah, I... I if you, if it's just a giant block of fascinations or curiosity bullets and there's no like kind of nothing breaking it up, then typically that's gonna, that can start to be overkill. 
Um, I think if you have like, you know, five to 10 for each sort of section, if it's an info product and you want to do that for a handful of sections, I think that's fine, but I would be breaking them up. Uh, and then, yeah, I would always be, I'd always just try and lead with my strongest. Ideally what you do is like you would write out like a hundred or 200 fascinations or bullets and then go through and then pick your like 10 to 20 strongest. And then those are the ones that you would use in the copy. So, um, you know, there's no, there's no like magic answer to it, but, but that's generally how I think about it. I'm not sure if that's, if that's helpful or not. Yeah, no, that's great. I love the idea about the, um, uh, the analogy of the, the fishing hook. I like that idea. That's kind of visual way of yeah. like kind of looking at it. Um, that's great. Uh, I'm on um, Ed's list, by the way. So thank you nice. for um, accepting me. That's great. And I'm, I'm trying to get onto the um, RMBC uh, training as well. So I'm just waiting for a client to pay me so I can get on there. So um, yeah, awesome. uh, loving this, these, these, um, these calls. Awesome, man. Well, really appreciate you hopping on and you had a lot of compliments to your, your accent on uh, the call. Of course, to you, it's not an accent at all. It's just the way you talk. But that being I, said, I, I, <laughs> I was on a Zoom call to um, DC last night and uh, that's the first thing that my colleague said. Um, and I, I was actually interviewed on a podcast a little while ago and from guys in uh, San Francisco, David Garfinkel, who does a copywriting oh, yeah, yeah. podcast. And yeah. he interviewed me. I think it's coming out next week. Um, awesome quite an interesting angle to it because I've, I've done a few different things in my life but yeah my accent seems to go down quite well as always so. it does there's something about a, a british accent that i think people just like really enjoy you know well I don't we, know what we it normally is. play the um the bad guys in films though don't we <laughs> that's true that's true but you you know you guys are either the the bumbling romantic lead who's like really nice and but you know kind of like uh not confident at all or you're like ultra confident bad guys who are just you know absolutely like killers there's really no in between i feel no i'll go with that though that's cool <laughs> yeah absolutely awesome right. well chris thanks thanks for your question man all right cheers guys thank you you got right. it uh lutfi asks what nlp models and principles can we apply to copywriting what's up lutfi how are you hey hi can you hear me i can hear you yeah, so hi, Stefan. And just wondering, since you like talk about open loops and like, future pacing, I know there are like other NLP models like framing and stuff like that. So I'm just wondering what other principles can we use for NLP for copy? Cool. Good question. For those of you, yeah, perfect. Ryan did the definition in the chat. If you don't know what NLP is, it's neuro-linguistic programming. Um, there are writers who are super hardcore about NLP. I'm not one of them. The stuff I do that is potentially, I guess, aligned with NLP, uh, there's, there's subtle things I'll try to do. Um, like you'll notice that I say now, now a lot when I'm writing copy and sentences and I'll be like, now, if you're wondering why this and now blah, blah, blah. And like, yes, uh, that's true. Yes. I'll, I'll say stuff like now and yes a lot in my copy because like when it comes time, I want them to be thinking about now and like urgency early on. So I'm kind of embedding that thought in their mind. And I'm saying yes a bunch, like so that they're used to saying yes and nodding their head. Um, I don't know if this is NLP or not, but like there's the whole sensory side of it where when I'm really writing good copy, I'll try to appeal to a bunch of their sentences. So not just their, um, like even the language, right? You're like, look, like here's the thing you, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like, can't you just see it now? Like imagine it's a cool crisp morning and you smell the fresh mountain air as you blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, what if you could hear you heard, you could hear your friends talking and they were saying, so trying to engage all their different sen uh, senses. Uh, so 
words like now, yes, um, the kind of engaging the senses and then uh, future pacing as well, like putting them into that future state. Um, those are my big things there. I, I honestly, I'm sure I could probably add more NLP stuff in and maybe, you know, improve conversions more. I know some people are really passionate about it, uh, but that's about the extent of what I personally do with it. Okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah. Happy to help. All right. That's just about it for today. Before we finish though, let me share a little bit more about how you can stay in touch with me. I have a private email list where I share high level tricks, strategies, and insights about copywriting, entrepreneurship, mindset, and more. In fact, often my podcasts are based on topics I first emailed out to my list weeks or even months earlier. So if you want to get brand new stuff from me every single day, go to stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe. These emails are often upwards of a thousand words and I send them every day. So make sure you really can commit to engaging with me on that level. But as long as you can, and you should because I do drop a ton of value in these emails, go apply to join my list today. And again, the web address is stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe. And in case you don't know how to spell my name, which is okay, it is S-T-E-F-A-N, Paul, and then my last name is Georgi, G-E-O-R-G-I.com. So stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe, and I will see you in my email list.